Hello and welcome to Ask the Head number 17, East 17. East 17, that takes me back. I had a friend who thought they were the greatest band ever, but then he was an Arsenal fan, so not the brightest bulb in the box. I just remember how excited he was the year that Hot Stuff song came out. He would be blasting out of his flat on repeat all day long, bless him. I don't really remember anything about the football that season, as I've had to drive it out of my mind, or I hear that song again in my head. What happened to those days of teams releasing songs that they sung really badly? You would think with footballers being even more about the celebrity on social media that those songs would be more likely to be made. Maybe they don't want to interfere with future solo careers. Or more likely, agents noticed those songs made money and so wanted to cut and put clauses in the players' contracts. We could all be missing out on another John Barnes World in Motion moment. Though it is more likely we are being saved from lots more fog on the times, to be fair. Right, anyway, enough of that, and straight in with the first question is Stone Age from the Liverpool site who says, Man United are in the wilderness at the moment, and LFC knows what that feels like having been there for many years. When you're in the wilderness, it's hard to attract quality players, and it's hard to break the cycle. My question is, the team that OGS inherited, any worse than the team that Sir Kenny Dalglish inherited second stint and won the League Cup with in 2012, does Kenny deserve a lot of credit? I'm not sure if they were any better, you know, if they're any worse than Dalglish's second team, but Dalglish Defo deserves a lot of credit. That team was a mess. A couple of good players scattered in amongst Dross like Poulsen and Joe Cole. I'm not sure what more could have been done with those players. Just the very thought of Koncheski pulling on a Liverpool shirt makes vomit rise to my mouth. Can you imagine what it must have been like trying to get those players to perform? Though he also was in charge when Carroll was brought in, which was a huge mistake by all involved. It must be said, though, Carroll's last performance was under Dalglish, so maybe his career would have been different if Dalglish should have stayed. Another Liverpool poster, Van Dyke, asks, As the curtain of the season is fast approaching, and given the fact that it is inevitable that we will lift the trophy a month's time or so, do you think our major summer target have been determined and do you see our current form across Europe making us more attractive or on par with the likes of Real and Barcelona? We'll love your opinion on this. Also, who are the realistic targets considering anyone in the first 11 was to leave? Well, that is really more like about 12 questions, most of which are impossible to answer. I mean, how can I go into realistic targets for a whole team? It would take hours just to go through each possible permutation. As for major summer targets, there will already be some idea and plan, but it is like any plan, it will change as soon as anyone attempts to implement it. No doubt it will already be in a state of flux as decisions have to be made over a few players and other previously made decisions have to be rethought. For instance, Keita was brought in as the long-term replacement for Lalana, but now Lalana is going in the summer and Keita looks like he may may well have to be replaced as well. There'll be targets in mind, but the priorities will change as to which of the major targets shown are running. As for the current form, every player is different. Some will be more likely to join. Some will be put off trying to compete with players who have done so well. It really comes down to individuals. Right, now a Celtic post from McAvenny next. Hey Ed, just wanting your thoughts on our chances or even intentions of keeping Elianusi. I would love to get him permanently. Apologies in advance if you've covered this. Hail, hail. Well, I don't know about Ed Seven, but I certainly haven't even discussed this before. There is every chance of him remaining with Celtic for next season. Celtic would like to make it permanent, and Saints are very open to selling him. It all comes down to money in the end. And next up is PK16 from the Liverpool site, and he asks, 
Hi Ed, I was wondering why you do not say who the players are that you are talking about. For example, Barcelona lost interest in the player because their funds will be taken up on a new forward or Liverpool will be renewed their interest in a player as previous option in that position is no longer available. Why not just say who they are? Honestly, I have absolutely no idea what you were talking about. I don't remember ever saying anything like that or anyone ever saying anything like that before. Sorry. Right, now on to the Chelsea site. And Nave Swindon says, Big news, Man City banned from the Champions League. Two questions. One, assuming that Man City finish in the top four, will their place be given to the next highest placed team? And two, could City delay the ban on appeal? Well, one, yes, the Champions League place will go to the next team. And two, yes, they could and probably already have delayed the ban by appealing. Unlike in the Chelsea case, where the transfer ban was enforced despite an ongoing appeal, which was frankly ridiculous, City would expect the ban to be delayed until the end of their appeal, which would be the correct thing to do. And it could take, well, years, basically. And now it's Clock Boom from the Liverpool site is next, and he's asking... Ed Wan, thank you for this website. Jaden Sancho is being linked with LFC. He'll be very expensive but is a potentially brilliant player whose arrival could see Salah play through the middle sometimes, maybe with Bobby in the 10. You seem to think we might cut our losses with Naby, so could we do a part exchange with Dortmund considering Cater's stock in the Bundesliga is still very high? There have been a few people ask similar things with regard to sending Cater back to the Bundesliga. First off, the costs surrounding any deal with Sancho are obscene, £50 million for the agent alone, which is likely to rule out any chance of it happening. Secondly, he wants to go to Chelsea, so would not fit the profile of the players Klopp wants to sign. As he often says, he wants players who want to play for Liverpool. As for Keiter, he might struggle to get a permit to return after his conviction. I'm not sure any club would want to go through the effort of obtaining one for him in Germany considering his form, injury record, wages and general off-pitch conduct in his time there and here. A Nottingham Forest site question now from Doc M. And he wants to know, what is the purpose of the fourth referee? As a blatant series of foul, a handball, a goal for West Bromwich Albion wrongly disallowed, it was a complete fiasco. Where was the fourth referee? Is his only rule to his only role even to accept abuse from people like Billich? Well, initially he was there to be the reserve official in case of injury to one of the three, but it has grown into being a helper and to give someone for the manager to ask questions of. Rather than taking abuse, they're meant to be there to explain the referee's decisions to managers as a kind of liaison. Also, it is to organise substitutions, ensure managers behave themselves, and generally keep on top of the benches and take away some of the workload of a referee. It does feel like 90% of their job is just to give the managers someone to scream at, though. Does anyone actually feel sorry for them, though? I mean, sometimes I do, but then I see them refereeing the game and all that sympathy is soon gone. Right, Dangler19 from the Liverpool site is next with Can you see Liverpool letting Lovren go and introducing Sepp Van Berg as backup? Or would we enter the market again for another centre-back? Obviously, this is also based on Matip and Gomez staying clear of any long-term injuries. Also, would team, Timo Werner not be a genuine threat or competition for Firmino instead of backup? Well, we're looking to sign the centre-back, so clearly Sepp isn't felt to be ready yet. Um, Werner can play wide, so I'm not sure why everyone assumes he'd be signed to replace or compete with just Firmino. This, that is what Firmino's been signed to do, so there's no way Klopp's going to buy another one to do the same job. If he's brought in, he's brought in to challenge Salah, you know, push Salah and Mane as well. 
sticking with the Liverpool site. This time it's Sky Salah back with... I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that West Ham goalkeeper, Roberto, and his time playing in England. As I play as a goalkeeper as well, I found myself watching a lot of West Ham games after Fabianski went down injured and they started playing him, just to see how bad he actually was. Surely he has to go down as one of the worst keepers in Premier League history. On that topic, who are some of the worst and most overrated goalkeepers you've seen in the game in your time? Oh, that Roberto was so bad it was embarrassing. The easiest of saves, he made look like a world-class save because he was so flashy with his dives, even when it was right next to him. It was hilarious to watch as he was so ridiculously over the top. I think he does go down as the worst, simply because he wasn't letting in shots due to silly mistakes. He was just horrific. So bad that he couldn't make a simple save. If they had put an outfield player in goal out of desperation, he would have been better than Roberto. You look at the likes of Taibi and Rob Green and they would make lots of errors, but they could at least do the basics. They were just prone to lapses in concentration. Um, for me, the most overrated is between Shea Given and David Seaman. I mean, Seaman was a decent solid keeper, but no more than that. He played behind a fantastic defence, which made him look a lot better than he was. But Shea Givens was massively overrated because his inadequacies led to him getting lots of chances to make saves. He was utterly inept at organising the defence and so opponents would waltz through it at will. Being a decent shot stopper did not make up for him being at fault for allowing so many to break through and take a shot. Now on to Chelsea and James 13 asks, Ed, any interest in Calvin Phillips? There should be, if not, twice the player at Jorginho. It's funny, on the Leeds site, Phillips is a subject of a long-running argument over whether he is any good or not. OK, so only one person thinks he is no good, but still it does make me laugh that everyone else seems to think he's brilliant but for him. Aye, as for interest, I'm not sure about Chelsea interest. Lots of clubs are interested, but I'm not aware of any from Chelsea. Now on Everton, well, it's not really a question, but Andy EFC123 says... It's not Everton related, just an appreciation for the Eds who take their time to answer questions about Everton. I had Liverpool Echo knocking on door today, asking me would I be interested to get paper through door. Told them no due to the fact I call it Red Echo. My source is this website on here, not that paper, because never many Everton articles in there, always Liverpool columns. But nice one Ed02 and the rest of the Eds as well for giving us this platform for us Blues to speak on, hoping we give Arsenal a good run for money on Sunday. Come on you Blues. Well, the ending didn't age well, did it? But uh, cheers, Andy. I passed on your message to the other Eds as well. We all really appreciate it. I have to be honest, the Echo has lost its way in recent years. It was unmissable reading at one time. Now it's just junk about anyone. It's just rubbish. Right, and now back to the Chelsea site and James 13 again. He said, I was personally content with Lampard coming in as manager. No problem with the timing at all. The issue for me was the staff appointed with him, which I found underwhelming and lacking in experience and diversity. A young, inexperienced but promising manager was okay in my opinion, but a backroom staff also young and inexperienced did strike me as a risk. I would have liked to have seen at least one more experienced assistant, perhaps a European with some decent experience of coaching at the top level who could have provided invaluable experience at various stages of the season. I'm surprised the club did not insist on this. Lampard's intentions and his insistence on playing attacking football is all very positive, but I feel he has been naive in various games where we could have locked games up and taken more points. You don't have to play attacking football for the whole 90 minutes when you're fighting for invaluable points. I feel a more, a more experienced assistant could have steered him towards more sensible decisions on various occasions. 
I would hate to see Lampard go because I firmly believe he's the perfect man to lead this group of talented young players forward and ensure they get enough football. I believe the approach should be to find him some help and give him everything he needs to be successful. This obviously entails the right player recruitment in the summer, but just as important in my opinion is someone to enter that backroom staff as an extra pair of eyes and someone who can offer a different point of view. I'm not sure Morris or Edwards are offering this, though no doubt they will become great coaches in the future. Ballack comes to mind, maybe a more involved role for Makaleli. I feel a figure like this could also motivate and perhaps incorporate our foreign players more and perhaps play a role in terms of attractive foreign players. Is a more experienced addition to the backroom staff something the club are considering or even insisting on? Thank you for your time. Well, that was one hell of a question. Right, uh, <coughs> sorry, my throat's gone from reading all that. Right, from what I was told, Ballack does have some involvement anyway. Though maybe not as major as you are hoping for. I believe that is his choice though because he's got his fingers in other pies. Oh, seriously, my throat's gone reading that one. Right, Chelsea like to involve ex-players, but I don't know of any plan to hire an experienced coach to supplement the ones there. I think they're quite happy with the ones they've got now, so why change it? And finally, it is a Celtic question from Mark M88. Ed one been reading that Everton have scouted Edward numerous times this season, most recently against St Johnston and Copenhagen, and are looking to make a bid in the summer with Ancelotti keen on him while he was still at Napoli and now he's with Everton. Also read PSG inserted a significant sell-on clause when we bought him so, that, so it would take upwards of £30 million for us to sell. Do you have any truth on this? Everton are defo looking at him, yes, there Carlo's interest or whoever's doing the transfers is interested in him. As for a sell-on clause, I was under the impression it was on profit, not on the whole deal. So significant, yeah, significant sell-on clause, but I believe it's only on the profit on the transfer, not the whole transfer fee itself. Well, that's it for E17. I was going to end it with a bunch of their song titles strung together to make a closing sentence. However, I then realised I don't actually remember any of their songs or what they were called as they were that memorable a pop or should that be pap band. Even googling them didn't really help much to jog my memory about the songs. Apart from seeing they did one with Gabrielle, who I then had to check and see if I recalled correctly that she wore an eye patch. Then I wasted the next few minutes in a rabbit hole of looking up to see why. But most of all, I noticed a gap in her back catalogue. She's never done a football song. So I'm off to pitch her agent a new version of Anfield Rap with her doing the chorus and James Milner doing the main rap. Let's face it, Millie is so versatile, he could probably play all the instruments and produce the thing as well. Bye bye.